The show was gone for 10 days, but the action in the American was not. In fact, probably should go back to two weekends ago and briefly mention what happened in football, but we'll go into more of what happened over the past weekend. So yeah, going back two weekends ago, there was somewhat of an important result for the conference, which has had the domino effect of putting Cincinnati into the top four, which is the magical place to be, obviously, when it comes to the AP rankings. Who knows? where the Bearcats will be once it hits the nitty-gritty with the BCS rankings, hopefully in the top four. You would guess this is going to be the year because of what did happen two weekends ago, namely Cincinnati winning at Notre Dame 24-13. to Also, probably should mention the stunning loss for UCF to Navy, and UCF barely avoided a second straight loss over the weekend. We'll get there in a second. East Carolina beat Tulane 52-29. to Also, Temple stuns Memphis, the Tigers. Not too long ago, we're beating Mississippi State, which beat Texas A&M, which, as you know, beat Bama, but that did not carry over. Actually, it looked like it was going to. Memphis was up 21-0, remember, against Texas San Antonio. Lost that one. They were up 17-0 against Temple a couple of weekends back and lost it. But let's get to the more immediate action. Houston over Tulane. This was last Thursday night in New Orleans, 40-22. to Everyone's talking about Cincinnati, but right now it's looking like Houston. SMU obviously has got something to say about this as well, earning a spot in the top 25. But Houston might really be the second best team, at least the way they're playing. They've got the defense cranked up as well. In fact, Tulane's only points in the second half were on a one-play drive after Houston decided to go for it on its own 29-yard line. Tulane had scored late in the first half to draw within 17-15. It had been Houston 14-0 after one quarter. And then all of a sudden, Michael Pratt to Will Wallace, and Tulane's got all the mo, 22-17, except they didn't have any more points. Houston had to settle for a field goal, so Tulane actually still held the lead. But Cougars got it right back, went 11 plays, 80 yards for a 26-22 lead. They would tack on two touchdowns in the fourth quarter and get the win by the count of 40-22. to Makes them 3-0 in the conference, 4-2 and overall. Mentioned that SMU team, definitely pushed by Navy, the team that just beat UCF. So the midshipmen have been extremely competitive and gave SMU all it wanted. But the Mustangs in Annapolis win 31-24. Of course, SMU just in the top 24. They hold Navy to 241 yards, but couldn't get their running game going. They've been so balanced. They only went for 80 yards in this game. Still, Tanner Mordecai throws for 324 yards, including a tie-breaking 22-yard touchdown pass to Jordan Curley. The only points in the fourth quarter. SMU had a chance to put it away. Navy got to stop it, really. The SMU defense, with that coordinator of its, Jim Levitt, made Navy sputter out, didn't even get to midfield. A big defensive touchdown, a fumble recovery by Diego Fago put Navy up 21-7, to so this game could have really gone the other direction. But SMU rallied to tie it back. A 95-yard kickoff return helped greatly by Brian Massey, and that was followed by a solid 11-play 69-yard drive, and it was tied at halftime. Mordecai now has... 26 touchdown passes this season as he threw for two along with those 324 yards. And SMU stays undefeated. They're 6-0, just 2-0 in the league. So that's why I mentioned Houston. I think the Cougars, still undefeated in the league, are going to challenge SMU. That's going to be a big battle when they play, of course. Also undefeated in the conference and, of course, aiming for higher things. That would be Cincinnati. It was actually their conference opener. And Temple was giving them a game for the first half, but Cincinnati has something about turning it on. It was 17-3, to 28-0 third quarter. Jerome Ford, a 75-yard touchdown run. Their first three touchdowns in the quarter, the drives combined, took six plays. One play to Ford, 
Two plays ending in a 38-yard TD from Desmond Ritter to Tyler Scott, and the next drive took a whole three plays and 61 yards, more than a minute. Charles McClellan with 28 yards. Ethan Wright would add a 58-yard touchdown run to end it, and the Bearcats dominate Temple defensively. The Owls only had 14 first downs for the entire game. 234 yards. Cincinnati got them in that category by 300 plus. Anytime you win the total yards category by a plus 300, you're probably going to win the contest. Ritter threw for 259 and three scores. Ford with that big touchdown run went for 15 carries, 149 yards, allowing the Bearcats to roll. Mentioned that UCF almost lost another one, East Carolina, which obviously is an improved team this year, took them to the wire. In fact, the Knights had to score in the last minute, thrilling fashion, to get the win. They had a fourth down conversion, no less, or they would have lost that game. And the wild thing was the guy that scored the winning touchdown, Mark Anthony Richards, a one-yard TD with 23 seconds left. He had only carried the ball four times going into this game, and he ran it four straight times on the winning drive. Of course, Mikey Keene in for Dylan Gabriel. He came up with a big fourth and eight pass as well to none other than Richards. The Knights just barely get it done. This game featured all of two field goals offensively in the first half. Of course, no Dylan Gabriel. He was their best offensive player, and honestly, maybe their best defensive player is out for the season. Today, Gus Malzahn announced DT Kalea Davis has a knee injury. One and one in the conference, same record now for ECU, which was that close, obviously, to a 2-0 and start. And we'll talk more about the next game, really, on Bulls beat because it entails Tulsa, which is the next Bulls opponent. But just so you know, the Tulsa Golden Hurricanes sent Memphis to 0-2 in the league, picking up their first conference win. They're just 2-4 and overall, but hey, they got it done after falling behind early 13-7. to They would hold Memphis off the board until midway through the fourth quarter. By that time, Tulsa had a two-score lead, and they would hang on to win by the count of 35-29 now. You can throw the ball against them because Memphis did it for the tune of 463 yards and had 614 total yards, but Tulsa still got enough, and they got their ground game going. Ran for 235 yards. Seems like no matter who has the ball for Tulsa, it's going to be a good running back. They do have Shamari Brooks back, and he scored a couple of touchdowns in that game. The football players of the week offensively, Jerome Ford. We just talked about his running the ball for 149 yards and two scores. Defensively, it goes to Tatum Bethune, UCF linebacker, 17 tackles. That would be a career high. Special teams, we talked about the big kick return for Brian Massey. He got the special teams honor, and as far as the weekly honor roll, Kobe Bryant, Cincinnati grad transfer, cornerback, big part of that defense, Logan Hall, Houston junior defensive lineman, Calvin Austin the third, and another big game receiving the ball for Memphis. Just talked about Brooks, the running back for Tulsa, along with a Golden Hurricane junior linebacker, Justin Wright. Again, we'll speak more about those guys on Bulls Beat. Now, the weekend in volleyball and soccer, and notable stuff happened in both. First of all, Houston beating UCF. This is probably about 20 seconds after on my broadcast Friday night with the USF volleyball match against Tulane where I said that UCF's probably going to sweep through the conference, and obviously that's not going to happen. Houston, Cincinnati, and UCF are all 5-1, and one, but basically it's a three-way tie that favors Houston right now because they haven't played Cincinnati. UCF has, obviously if you want to look at it as a mini tiebreaker, Houston has the head-to-head of one nothing over UCF. Now everybody plays each other twice, but this victory for Houston was in Orlando. So that is absolutely noteworthy. And 
been talking about it a lot. The regular season champ is going to get an automatic bid, and hopefully for the conference, a second team will. It was going to take a notable result like the one that Houston turned in. So you look at the record now, 15-3. and Yeah, Houston, along with for sure UCF because of their incredible non-conference schedule, are in line for NCAA tournament bids. Cincinnati still has to feel like it has a chance to get that regular season bid, which makes it interesting. Again, the Bearcats lost to UCF, but they will get them in Ohio later on this year. Tulane and Tulsa are both 4-2. and two. Tulsa got a big win at SMU. That was the team that was picked to finish third in the league, but, well, is not going to because SMU is 3-3 three and three. all of a sudden. It lost twice at home this weekend. Tulsa got them in that first set 27-25 before sweeping the Mustangs. And then Wichita stuns SMU in five. Wichita, East Carolina, which is a bit of a surprise, the Pirates being at 3-3, three and three, and SMU. Although, as we told you, when the Pirates are going up against the Bulls to start off the conference schedule, that was an East Carolina team that played basically four matches early in the season without a setter. They were all out due to COVID. And so they actually have their full team together, and they've strung together some wins. They lost last Wednesday to Cincinnati, but then they swept Temple on Friday. Memphis fell to 1-5, and five, losing at home to Wichita on Friday then dropping the match to Tulsa on Sunday in four. Cincinnati beat Temple in four sets on Sunday as well. And after Tulane beat the Bulls in five sets Friday, it went to Orlando and took a set from the Knights. Offensive Player of the Week, Emma Madden, the freshman setter for Cincinnati. Nine digs in both of their wins, 59 assists against Temple. Defensive honors again to Houston libero Kate Georgiatis. 28 digs in the four-setter against the Bulls on Sunday. Big-time stuff on the men's soccer side this weekend. First of all, Memphis stunning SMU in overtime. Mustangs took the lead with less than four minutes to go, only to have Memphis answer right back and then in overtime get a penalty kick goal. This Memphis team played a strong schedule but only had the one win to show for it coming into conference play. The Tigers were 1-4-1. and Then they lost 4-1 to to UCF. Then they got beat by Tulsa. But that started to show you that they had a chance to turn things around because they were 1-5-1 and one going into the match. Remember, they hit the crossbar or the post three times against a then still undefeated Tulsa team. More on that in a second. But since then, 2 nothing win at Temple. 3 nothing win at UCF and then 3-2 in overtime against SMU. Yeah, those are two huge victories for Memphis. And with that, and with Tulsa getting beat by UCF last night, for the first time, the Owls go down. It was a thrilling win for the Knights. Had an eye on this one. 3-2 was the final score. Remember Ariel Hadar, who scored those two goals against the Bulls? And frankly, I was a little annoyed because he hadn't even attempted a shot all year long. Well, he scored a goal against Tulsa. Nick Taylor got the first one. It was nothing-nothing at halftime, but those two quick goals had the Knights up. Tulsa got one back, but then when Luca Dorado, the outstanding and now leading scorer with 10 goals for UCF, made it 3-1, to one, you figured it was over. Nope, not over yet. Malik Henry Scott gets his seventh for Tulsa with about eight minutes to go, and they had two great chances to send it to overtime. A wide-open header by Alex Meinhardt, who is a tremendous goal scorer. He heads it wide, and then at the very end, the goalkeeper for UCF, Tyler Levine dives to his right to keep it at the last second, a 3-2 victory. What it means, really, is that the conference now is looking at the possibility of being able to get three teams in the NCAA tournament a year after only its winner, UCF, got in because both the Knights and Tulsa are 4-1 in the league. 
UCF 6-4 and four overall, but this, again, is a benefit of having some non-conference games to make your overall record look a little bit better. Yeah, they only went 3-3 three and three non-conference, but they played a tough schedule, so if they keep winning, which we hope they don't, you're looking at Tulsa, UCF, and SMU all going. But right now, SMU, because it lost to Memphis, is technically in fourth place. It's tied with Memphis, but guess what? Memphis has the head-to-head. Then it's a drop-off to USF at 1-4 and four and Temple. Owls are 0-5. Oh We're right at the midway point of the conference season again. Four teams make the conference tourney. The regular season champion gets to host it. Bulls are just trying to get into that fourth spot. That's why Friday is a must-win against Memphis, thanks to the Tigers having a cushion, which they earned, with the back-to-back victories against UCF on the road and then SMU in overtime. Speaking of Memphis and soccer, the women's team takes over first place with what happened on Sunday. Bulls, of course, losing to SMU, and then Memphis, which was down one nothing at the half, turning it around to get a big win against Cincinnati by the score of 2-1. to Tigers are 10-1-1 overall. 4-0 and in the conference. Bulls are actually in second place. Why? Because Houston dropped a match somewhat surprisingly. If the Cougars had won this game, they basically would have been tied with the Bulls. And, well, they could have easily won it. They got outshot in this game, the Pirates, but they still hunkered down in Houston and got the win. Pirates are now 7-7-1 overall, 2-2-1 in conference play. Houston drops to 10-3-2 with a 2-1-1 record. Houston outshot the Pirates in the second half 11-2, but Haley McWhorter, their outstanding freshman, got the goal, and East Carolina, that is a big win for them. And UCF, yeah, they were 0-3-1 through their first half of the conference, but that was against the top four teams. They jump out of that top four, and I'm telling you, UCF is going to be in fine shape. They'll make the conference tournament. They beat Tulsa, no problem, 3-0. Tiffany roberts Sahidic win number 150 for her career. So keeping in mind that USF has played one more game than the two teams three points behind it, Houston and SMU, the Bulls still are in second place. So here's what the upshot of that Memphis win against Cincinnati does. It basically means that the Bulls, either way, we're going to have to beat Memphis to have a chance at the number one seed and get into host conference tournament. But now it makes it tough because let's say the Bulls do beat Memphis this weekend and take the lead over them in the standings. Because they lost to SMU and tied Houston, the Bulls will still only be a point up on Memphis, and the Tigers will still have that game in hand. And even if the Bulls beat Memphis, Memphis could still jump them. So that's what difficulty is presented to the Bulls. Now, they're going to make the conference tournament. They'll probably finish in the top two, which means a first-round bye. But ultimately, you want to try and win the league and host the conference tournament. But the hopes for that took a little bit of a dip for USF over this past weekend. And the players of the week for men's soccer, Memphis got offensive and defensive honors. Maxi Galizzi, two goals against SMU. The man who scored the penalty kick winner and led their defense, Arthur DeLuca, is the defensive player of the week. Goalie of the week? Plays for the Bulls. More on that tomorrow morning. Bailey Sparks, Rookie of the Week for SMU, had that goal that gave the Mustangs the lead late in regulation. And on the women's side, yeah, Memphis Offensive and Defensive Player of the Week. Tanya Boychuk had two game-winning goals. That'll do it. And Haley Spray, their defensive leader. Goalie Maeve English from ECU. 12 saves and a pair of wins. And rookie Haley McWhorter from the Pirates. That's going to do it for Around the American on a Monday. Thanks for listening. I'm Derek Sharp.